Listeners, you are listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We're a podcast that, uh, well, we talk about a horror movie. We're just three friends talking about a horror movie, or in this case, a TV miniseries, uh, which we will spoil, and are recently watched, we'll try not to spoil, and we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can buy their music digitally on Amazon or iTunes, say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon-Rays. And uh, I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Hello. We're your hosts. And uh, we're not professionals. We're not professional critics. We're not professional podcasters. But if somebody wants to pay me for critiques. Sure. I'm open. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff we would do for money, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I do want to give another, <laughs> because I know not everybody listens to every episode, but I do want to give another shout out to the Nightgeist podcast. Um, it's a lot of fun to listen to. It's two young ladies talking about uh, the paranormal and drinking. Not, they're not talking about drinking. They're drinking and talking about the paranormal. <laughs> if that makes more sense. Yeah. It's Liana and Erica, and they're awesome. So give them a listen. We like them a lot. Well, All I like right. them a lot. You guys should listen too. If you get a well, chance, but uh, what have you what have you watched since we did this last? Anything exciting? Any recently uh, watched? The last thing I watched was uh, the Wild Wild World of Jane Mansfield. All right, nineteen sixty eight. You heard that one? No, it's a documentary. Well, it's a Mondo documentary. Oh, okay. Even you better. Know what those are? Do our friends in Brazil and Moscow know what those are? Um, I'm gonna guess that it's an over the top. Uh, unofficial biography? Uh, Mondo movies. Um, so, like, since the beginning of motion pictures, you've had uh, pseudo-documentaries, which they purport to be showing you what is actually going on, so like Nanook of the North and stuff like that. Yeah. But they're staging a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So this goes through Disney, nature films, etc., yeah. etc. Cetera, et cetera. 1963, this movie came out called uh, Mondo Cane, which is an Italian Mondo movie. It means uh, World of the Dog. Uh-huh. And it's basically, uh, uh, it looks like a travelogue, and they're just looking at bizarre things in various countries. Some of them are just staged in right there in Rome. And they were throwing in some narration to make it feel like uh, someone's trying to give you facts. Uh-huh. But it's it's complete rubbish. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, some of it's real, some of it's not. You know, it's a, it's a mix. And, and, yeah. Uh, well, when you throw the Anton LaVey stuff in there. Yeah, it's all, it's all presented as if it's just a doc, but it's just sensationalistic yes. stuff, you know. Um, so there's there's a whole bunch of these Mondo movies in the 60s. And then uh, in when the 80s rolled around, they were getting really dark, so you had the faces of death. Yeah. things but it was again it was like a lot of it was staged and a lot of it was just like news footage and stuff yeah. like that, all cut together and and someone droning on you know uh-huh. as if it was all serious yes <laughs> yeah the, there was so much fake stuff in that yeah um so uh 
uh, Wild Wild Word of Jane Mansfield came out in 1968. They'd filmed, uh, they'd done a film with her uh, in France and Rome and America. And the makers had also, you know, they'd done nudie films. They And they'd done, um, uh, uh, I think, Around the World Naked and stuff like that. Okay. So they knew all these bars and, and you know, and then there's all the famous ones in Paris. And, um. Uh, so they knew where to get this footage, and, and basically, uh, if, you know, you, you're going to get a lot of bare breasts, and mm-hmm. and uh, um, you know, just dances, and and people just, just yeah. doing strange things or things that Americans at the time would find strange. Um. So this this one follows her around. She goes to Cannes and she goes to Rome and stuff, and you see lots of footage of her and Mickey Hargitay, okay. her second husband. Yeah. And uh, and then they they shot all this footage, and then uh, she was killed yeah. in June of sixty seven, and uh, so <laughs> they um, uh, retitled it as the Wild Wild World of Jane Mansfield, um, and uh, they have someone impersonating her narrate it as if she, it was a wide eyed, you know, uh, dizzy blonde going around to all these. Yeah, places going. Oh my! They're taking their tops off now. Uh, it was actually an actress named Carolyn de Fonseca who who dubbed her for European releases, I think. Um, and uh, it, it's all pretty mild for a Mondo movie. Yeah, for a Mondo movie. Mm-hmm. At the end, uh, once she's finished her narration, or the actress has finished the Jane Mansfield narration, uh, if you want to preserve it as a mild experience, stop it there. Because then it goes to the car crash, oh, and they no. show photos of it, including her, you know, one of her dead dogs. Mm. Oh, that's not. It's cool. really upsetting. And then they go back to the custom-built house she had with uh, Mickey Hargitay, and there he is, like playing the piano. And uh, the narrator is like, uh, "Does he? Is he thinking of her now? And, and does he perhaps say a prayer for her?" <laughs> it's really. Oh, that's weird. It's so tasteless. Um, but uh, yeah, um, so. Uh, that's I'll a recommend. That, that was my last one I watched. <laughs> I can't say it's a recommend. It's one that's been sitting there in my psychotronic books for a while that I haven't seen yet. So ah. it came up on Amazon. So I, oh, nice. I watched it. Um, most of it's quite enjoyable. It's, it's, it's surprising that a lot of it. Uh, it's her going to uh, like a, she goes to a nudist colony and she goes to um, she goes to a few like transvestite bars and uh, and contests and uh and you know, she she watches like uh homosexual prostitutes and stuff and it's not uh, surprisingly it's not di- judging them at all she's just like hey look what these french people get up to and oh, okay and don't don't some of these these boys look really glamorous they, mm-hmm. they do girls better than girls do and, oh, okay it, and it's not like putting them down um, she's That's she's good. kind of admiring them, so it was quite surprising for you know a sixty yeah sixty eight Mondo movie. Uh, also watched um, okay, There's this movie called Six Underground, which you saw. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I, I started watching this, <laughs> and it's like uh, it occurred to me: is this the real life? Is it Bay Fantasy? Because you could give this an outline of this plot to someone, and it'd be straight out of last week's news. Yeah, I guess that, yeah. Uh, okay, here's the basic plot. Billionaire sends team without any accountability into Middle East to take out a state leader. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 
That's about right. Have you seen this one? No. Um, all right, I watched... Uh, uh, what did you think of it? Well, you know what you're getting with Michael Bay, don't you? It's yeah. ridiculous. Um, I mean, I, mean I, I really like the look of them. This is a bizarre look. It looks like uh, it's a shoot for some liqueur or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then everything's blowing up at the same time. Yeah. Um, and the explosions are really well done, you know. Yeah. They're, they're so distinctive. It's like watching a Derek Meddings explosion. You can say, oh, I know who did that, you know. Um, yeah, and he just wrecks incredibly expensive things at yeah. high speed. And and then uh, pigeons flapping away. Yeah, John Woo used to do that a lot. I didn't see yeah. many in this one. Yeah, uh, um, yeah that was always oh, thought of John Woo with yeah. slow motion pigeons. Uh, this pigeons or doves, whatever you could get, yeah. Someone's got a bit where they they're in Florence and they do like a uh, they kind of do a drift around one of the squares and these dogs are running away from the from the car. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like these are the heroes and they're just pl- piling through the sea in their cars and just killing people left and right. Oh yeah, just bystanders. And that was some of the deaths were kind of startling, like sort of surprising. Oh yeah, like was, like grenade in the head and stuff. Yeah, there's some crazy it, stuff. <laughs> it's always my problem with the the uh, newest Batman films. This, uh, the or whatever his name is, uh, Christian Bale. Yeah, those Batman films. He just like drives into cars and runs over people. And you're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's a vigilante. You know, yeah, he doesn't care. The San Diego chicken has lost his mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, watched uh, Mansion of the Damned, which is from 1975. Early production by Richard Band, who is like 2021 at the time wow um this one's got uh richard basehart as dr cheney uh gloria graham as his assistant Ooh. arthur space so you, you know you've got these three people who've been in lots of old movies and yeah um and this is like another transplant movie in this case you've got uh his daughter nancy something wrong with her eyes she's been in a car accident uh-huh and uh so he's got to find um New eyes, yeah, <laughs> new eyes for Nancy, and uh, and uh, you know, so so he ends up with a like this cell. He has this cell in his basement, and it just gets crammed with all these people with missing eyes, including uh, Lance Henriksen. Oh, nice. Um, but it, it's it's a drag. Some a lot of it's boring, and then some of it's just kind of revolting. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of looks like a TV movie. Sounds like movie. real life. So it's not it's not really fun to watch. I wouldn't recommend that one. Uh, I do recommend uh, from last year, Atlantics. Atlantics. Um, don't even remember. Don't. Hadn't heard of this. Uh, this is directed by Matty Diop. It's her first movie. Um, uh, first black woman to get an award at Cannes. Oh, okay. Um, so this is about these uh, unpaid construction men from Dakar. And they decide to, uh, you know, make their way uh, up the Atlantic to Spain. Okay. Because they they're just being ripped off at home, and uh, but they disappear, and then people back home start to change, and and uh, the you know this this building suddenly catches fire, and and like the girlfriend of one of the guys who's disappeared, she uh, she gets this detective in to investigate it. And you realise that there's something supernatural going on. Ooh. Uh, it involves, uh, I won't give it away, but it, it involves a, a jinn, or, or several jinn. Um, uh, kind of, um, it, it's, uh, it's a really good film. I recommend it. All um, right. 
Where'd you watch it? Is it on any of the services? It. Yeah, I saw it. Um, I'll look for it. Yeah, Atlantics. Atlantics. I think it was on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, I think it's on Netflix because they funded it. Uh, it's like an international co-production, mm. and it's filmed in Senegal. And um, uh, it reminded me of uh, there's a film called uh, there's this Filipino film called uh, Manila in the Claws of Night from '75, which is kind of similar. It, it's, it's like a, a genre film, but within that, you've got this like lot of social critique and mm. and this poor kid who goes to the city and becomes a construction worker and then just falls into hell. Uh, <laughs> so it's like a that one. That one's more of a, like a crime revenge drama, but it's, yeah. you know that's that's the framework and it's you know it's just following these ordinary people having this horrible oh, time. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I, I like that one a lot. Atlantics. Atlantics. All right. Yeah, that's me. Not so much Six Underground. Well, you know what you're getting. You, you know. know what you're getting, yeah. <laughs> I watched it. I, I watched most of his movies, I think. I think I like The Island the most of his movies. Mm. Uh, I couldn't get into the Transformer ones. They were just too too much. Um, what yeah, did I watch? Yeah. Uh, Dracula ate up three of my nights. Um... Um, I think that's about it. Wow. Oh, I watched an, the first episode of You Season 2. Um, you. You. It was kind of a creepy stalker show from Netflix, I think it was two years ago. And he's kind of doing the Dexter thing, isn't he? He's a killer, but he's killing bad people? No. <laughs> Am I thinking of something else? You must be. He is <laughs> a stalker. He's an evil, evil person who believes himself to be a romantic. Oh, so he okay, sees okay, a yeah. girl and he just automatically starts following her on like social media and staking out her house. And yeah. he sets up a meeting between them. And then he like kills off her boyfriend and kills all her friends and then eventually kills her. Spoilers, that's the end of season one. Yeah, I remember uh, you talking about that. And then, yeah, because I went into it thinking it was a rom-com, and it quickly got <laughs> real dark. <laughs> Surprise! Because he's like, I'll look her up on social media. And then he's like outside her house watching through the, the windows that she just has the blinds open while she mm. does everything like people do in movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, You know... Uh, season two, I've only watched the first episode, so I don't really know what's going on yet. It might be okay. Um, I think that's about it. Wow. Um, terrible cooking shows. <laughs> I watched something on Shudder and I was just scrolling trying to find, because it doesn't say, here, here's your history of what you watched, at least no. not on the phone. Um, it was one where these, where these, uh, young folks get a tip that there's one of those extreme haunted houses. And they all head to it. Is this called Haunt? Could be. I think it could be yeah, that one. That's one of the new ones. Yeah, that's the one then. I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. Are there serial <clears throat> killers in the haunt? You know. Or real ghosts? You'd think <laughs> or, that a thing like that could or happen. a ghost of a serial killer? And it totally does. Yeah. Um, so these, these friends all end up at this place, I think, because everything's lame and they want to go somewhere cool for Halloween. And somebody gives them like the, the password or the directions or whatever. And it turns out that, yes, there's actual killers running this haunt. And 
of course it goes terribly. Uh, there's a setup in the beginning where one of the main characters, this young woman has a creepy, well, she has an abusive boyfriend who she's going to break up with mm-hmm. and she s- sends him a text saying it's over. And so he's going to try and stalk her obviously because he's abusive and awful. And uh, now of course being a movie watcher, if you've ever watched any movie, you'll know that at some point later in the movie, they're going to try and get him to save the day by getting a message to him and luring him in or something. So that is a device that occurs and uh, not spoiling anything because it's a recently yeah, watched. I've seen this movie several times. Yes, you've seen. <laughs> well, not in this particular one. But. Right. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. It's it's everything you've seen before. <laughs> um, there are a lot of uh, things gone wrong and narrow escapes that turn out to not be escapes at all and um, brutal killings and awful things happening. It still is entertaining and mm-hmm. it still does have its scary moments. It's. The people who made it seemed like they really cared to do a good job. It wasn't just like, all right, let's make this piece of crap and grab some money. It, it, it had some care into it, but it wasn't a whole lot of originality as far as the story. Um, but they did build suspense pretty well. And uh, when there were jump scares, they were pretty good. And they didn't lean on the gore too much to make the movie interesting. So I will give them that. There are some gory things and some awful things you'll witness in this movie, but it could have been just worse and it wasn't. So give them that. I did finish up watching Hellier, which I decided rather than me fumbling through explaining it for a third time, because I watched a couple episodes each time and talked about, oh yeah, I watched that too. Here's the blurb on it. Um, A small crew of paranormal researchers find themselves in a dying coal town where a series of strange coincidences leads them to a decades-old mystery with far-reaching implications. So that's Hellier. Um, you could watch it and, you know, dismiss everything completely out of hand and just say, well, you know, it's all coincidence and perception, but uh, there's some stuff that seems like it goes well beyond coincidence. Uh, some interesting things they do, some of the techniques they use to try and communicate with whatever thing it is that's in the that's in the uh, mines and or the caves or running through the woods and scaring people. Um, so it's interesting. Um, I was listening to the um, uh, the Euphemet podcast because I, I found out about that. From, Euphemet. Yes. So it's uh, so Ryan Sprague from. Uh, from uh, somewhere in the skies was a guest. And I think they did a crossover episode. So he was on this uh, podcast and I grabbed another episode of it. And, uh, and so I've been listening to those two podcasts and both of them had talked about this guy, Juan, who, um, well, it was about um, uh, Alan uh, Stiefelman, who is a filmmaker. Uh, He, had heard about this case from like the late seventies where this guy in, I want to say it was Argentina. It was in South America. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I'll just read the blurb on this one to make it a little less fumbly bumbly on my part. Uh, Juan lives a solitary existence on a remote farm ever since he witnessed a UFO event. And he was like 14 or 16 or something when he witnessed it. Filmmaker Alan Stevelman, together with the help of famous, astrophysicist Jacques Vallée begin an epic journey to help Juan in understanding the deep meaning of his close encounter. 
This true story tells the long-term consequences of close encounters, proving that no one is exempt from a potential contact. Now, the important thing about this one is you could take this guy at his word and say, all right, or you could say, I don't believe a thing you're saying. Mm -hmm. All right. There were two other witnesses who were not too many miles from where his close encounter occurred, who separately from him reported the same type of thing and drew very similar spaceships. They weren't asked aboard the spaceship. Juan says he was. He's a gaucho. He doesn't really want fame. He doesn't want any money from this. He's just been like traumatized and just living like not a hermit, but like a farmer with no one else around. So hermit. (laughs) Anyway, um, you do get to see his emotional journey more so than, you know, getting too eyeball deep into UFO stuff. But uh, Jacques Vallée is interesting. He's kind of like the, the most reasonable minded, um, uh, discerning individual in the UFO world. It seems. Yeah. He's kind of the go-to guy and he doesn't get involved in very many of these things, but he was super interested because this was a big story in the, uh, late seventies. And he's like, well, if we're revisiting this and the guy is older now, let's go do this. He learned Spanish to be able to go talk to the guy. All right. So I thought that was pretty cool. How about the, uh, mystery drone sightings here in our own state? Oh, that's definitely worth talking about. So anyone who doesn't know, (laughs) what? (laughs) Just no, no. Uh, yeah. Anyone who doesn't know, uh, we are based in Denver and, uh, not too far out in the sticks from where we are. There have been a lot of drones just cruising around menacing people. Yeah. Fleets of them. Yeah. Fleets. Yeah. Flying in formation. And they don't know who's operating They still don't know. Yeah. It's been, what, a week and a half now? Mm -hmm. Like, we didn't mention it last week, but it's been going on. Uh, Kind of makes me wonder. Okay. They said on the news, and they're very clear about this, especially on uh, the NBC channel here, Channel 9. They were saying, like, uh, well, the people... We talked to, asked if they're over our property, can we shoot them down? And uh, apparently, no, you cannot. It's illegal to shoot them down. They are treated in the same class as like a Cessna. So this, to me, um, causes, causes my mind to wonder anyway, why aren't there flight plans that have to be registered for these things if they're going to be treated the same? Yeah, they're not operating in... Uh restricted airspaces so they're not they're not there's not a big investigation going on because they're not hurting but can yeah you, can you just jump in your cessna and cruise around or no you, no right no you have to register your path right no matter if you're out in the boonies and you're just going to fly three thousand feet straight ahead and land it again yeah, what, what if you're currying a marijuana right or worse yet cocaine <laughs> marijuana you could just drive around that with with that in your car here (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) do you think the drones might be hauling cocaine or heroin around it's gonna happen it's yeah it's already happened i'm sure it has drones have dropped drugs and whatnot into prisons sure where is it they've trained eagles to bring down drones. oh that That is something i heard in um seattle this is only mildly attached to drones because you bring that point up um a bunch of bald eagles have moved into the dump in the suburbs and um are are strewning trash 
all over people's yards, which is upsetting people. <laughs> so they sent out drones to scare off the eagles, and evidently the eagles were ripping the drones out of the sky. This is awesome. And then they set up some scarecrows with, like, safety vests on and hard hats. Yeah. And that also didn't work because the eagles are smart enough. Yeah. But they just, whatever. They found a good place. They're living in the dump. Yeah. <laughs> does, that, does that say something about our country? Yeah. <laughs> that our national bird lives in a fucking dump. <laughs> But you better not make fun of it because it'll rip your drones right out of the sky. Yeah, <laughs> that, it's such an allegory for for it's, where it, we it really <laughs> is for where we are right now. <laughs> really, really is. Oh, some mystery drones. Yeah, there's there's a picture somewhere. I don't know where I saw this, but it was two eagles mating in a gutter somewhere. <laughs> oh, oh. Good times, people. Um, so that, that movie, I, I don't know if I mentioned, uh, it was called witness of another world and that is on Amazon prime. If you should oh. want to watch it, it's super interesting. Juan does go back to the tribe he descends from and, um, met with some shaman and talked about, you know, what does stuff from the other world mean? Why is this happening? And so they had some ideas and, uh, and then I had to do some background watching while I was working on something and I just put on, I thought, you know what? We, we all make fun of ancient aliens and I've just <laughs> stupid. And I've stopped on the ancient aliens show back when I had cable, but, um, it was on, uh, what was it on? Uh, Netflix, I guess. And I thought, you know what? Um, I heard about this thing called the zone of silence, uh, in Mexico. Okay. And I found out that that was in one of their episodes. So I just put that on, I put that episode on to just background watch it while I did something else. And it was a pretty good. What I, is the zone of silence? It is a really long stretch of road or a really large area in central Mexico where um, there's some magnetic shit going on to where like devices don't want to work. Um, your car might malfunction. Your phone probably will not work. And, uh, apparently it's been like this for a long, long time. Like generations, um, have talked about it before even all the electronics that we rely on. And, uh, if you draw across the, um, the latitude, it lines right up with the Bermuda triangle and some other areas. What part of the Bermuda triangle? I don't know which point of it, it hits. Someone, probably Puerto Rico. Eh, maybe. Ooh, probably. Maybe. Because that's the sudden, yeah. that would line up with Mexico. Yeah, that seems like it would. Uh, so the long and the short of it is, high strangeness likes this latitude for some reason. Huh. Anyway, um, so uh, I watched that sort of background, watched it. I just peeked up once in a while to see what people looked like when they were talking. And of course, it went to other stories that were like mm. interesting as well. And uh, I don't hate the show. Even when crazy hair guy gets on there. Yeah. Giorgio. Giorgio. I, I can't switch on uh, Netflix without trailers for the witching being fed into my eyes. Ooh, yeah. Autoplay. Uh, either of you. I couldn't get through that. the first episode. No, right. Yeah, it you was, mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you terrible. mentioned that. Um, but you didn't make it to the second. I didn't make it to the second. Have you watched any? No, I, I just resented it being shoved in my face all the time when I'm trying to watch something else. Yeah, I have to put mute on. 
now when I watch Netflix because the trailers. You can't toggle through anything at all. If you hover for more than a second and a half, it starts playing. Yeah. And if you go to click on it to see information, it just goes to the movie and starts playing the movie. Uh Uh-huh. What the hell is that? Yeah. It's, It's annoying. Did they ask anybody if they wanted that? Yeah. I don't know. Hey, Netflix, did you ask anyone? Because nobody wants this. I don't think people want it. Do you know anyone who would want this? No. It doesn't seem reasonable, does it? (laughs) (laughs) At least let us read a little caption or something. I was watching something, and uh, maybe it was Atlantics, but it got to the end credits, and it just suddenly they disappeared, and... Yes. The trailer for The Bloody Witching came up. Yeah. Oh, man. you got to watch The Witching. It wants you to. Yeah, no way now. <laughs> you're, not, you're not allowed to watch credits now. No. What the hell Which is... sucks, because I try... I don't know if I'm a weirdo, but I sit through the credits. Oh, yeah. No. It... To the end, I mean... I paid to see this movie. I, you know, soundtrack and all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even without, like, a, you know, a stinger at the end or, you know... Yeah. Something. <laughs> uh... I've always sat through the credits. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. They don't want you to switch away, but I'm definitely switching away of some trailer for some yeah. show you've disparaged mm. comes up. Yeah. I mean, give it a shot if you if you want. Um, it's evidently quite confusing to figure out the storylines at the beginning. Uh, Skip episode two. Because there's different timelines <clears throat> going on. I didn't realize this watching the show that there were even different timelines going on nor did i care right. <laughs> I was like oh really that was a problem okay because that didn't even occur to me that you know somebody was dead in one scene and or yeah they died in one scene and then the next scene they were younger i just kind of figured oh it's a flashback <laughs> anyway on to are we calling this dracula 2020 well, it came out 2019, didn't it? Are we yeah. calling this Dracula 2019? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're too self-absorbed you know, here. Fuck Mummy 2017. <laughs> I'm going to call this goddamn motherfucking Dracula 2019. <laughs> oh, you, did, you, did you love his snarky sense of humor? Oh, man. I will say right off the bat, I really like this show until right at the end when they drove us off into a ditch and there were no survivors. So was it the girl, the Lucy character that, that was, no. that, was that a bridge too far for you? No, no, no. It was just the very end, the very end, but it was damaging enough to taint the first two episodes. <laughs> now the first, okay. The first two episodes you're trucking along with Dracula and, and he, the the story you know is is the way it starts. You got Jonathan Harker coming to do the real estate deal, uh, all the way to Transylvania or wherever the hell he is. Yeah, it's supposed well, to be- sort of because I mean you start off and he's in some sort of sanitarium or oh yeah, yeah they basically take a like a little part from the novel. So they've got the Harker comes to Castle Dracula. Yeah, and then they intercut that with him being at the nunnery where he he makes it to and yeah he doesn't really play much part in the novel from there does he um you know it just mentions that he's ended up and he's been taken care of by nuns and i think in greece yeah and uh, uh yeah and he's, he's not really a part of the rest of the story 
No, but they take this that little bit and they they, they make, expand make it. the nun the big character and yeah, and intercut it. So I thought that was, I thought that was good fair enough. Yeah, I, I like that. It was like okay, this is a little bit different take. Mm-hmm. They're stretching it out. They're uh, you know kind of following the book, but it's a pretty good take. And then the second episode was the same sort of thing. I was like, well, this is a pretty good take. I always yeah. like the the boat trip. That always seems like a a bit of the story that's cut for most most movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, let's let's see what's on a boat. You know, it's going to be that there's a killer on board. Who is it? Obviously, yeah. it's Dracula. <laughs> and I he's mean. not really being careful to conceal what he's doing. No. Not even a little. No. Uh, you know, I, I like this Dracula. He's pretty good. So I'd say the first two episodes were good, kind of drawn out updated hammer well the third one was like he was taking the last two hammer draculas where he's in modern london yeah and running with that that's what i felt yeah i felt that too um but much like those films he didn't do anything which was my problem and uh they uh they have renfield um his lawyer in modern day Mm. Uh, say something like, well, what are you doing, Master? You don't seem to have any plans. And that worked for Eugenia. She was like, you know, well, he they told you that he didn't know what was going on. And I said, that's just lazy writing. Because why would you write something <laughs> like, and then nothing happened? What? No, you're the writer. Mm-hmm. Make Dracula do something. And once again, like you had said about the Hammer Draculas, he's stuck in a house, yeah. <laughs> you know. So he's he's in London, but we don't see him do anything. Uh-huh. I felt kind of the same way. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched Breaking Bad. I know no. Richard yeah. did. Yeah, I did. I felt the same sort of thing that um, in Breaking Bad, we have all this buildup of Walter White becoming the head of the meth industry in New Mexico. Yeah. He gets there, and then they they skip ahead like three months, and we get a bottle episode where he's in a cabin, and then the next episode's the last one. I was like, I waited four years to see this guy be on top, and you just skipped it. I felt the same way with Dracula. Here, he's finally in the modern world. He could do something. What are you going to do with it? He's sitting at home on an exercise bike, <laughs> calling tender, and then it's over. Grinder, wasn't it? <laughs> Grinder, tender, whatever. Well, yeah, whatever. Some hookup app. Yeah. Yeah. I figured it was tender because it was men and women. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, we we get him at the end of episode two, or installment two, whatever you want to call it, um, coming out of the water. And, of course, we, we warned there are spoilers. Uh, one of the nuns turns out to be the Van Helsing character. Um, so it's uh, Jane Van Helsing. I don't know what. what, what yes, yeah, so the the nun from the first one is Angela Van Helsing, and then yeah. her that, descendant is in the modern day one. Yeah. Okay, descendant, but it's actually still her. Yeah. Because yeah. she's gotten some of that Dracula blood. Now she doesn't get old. Um, no. 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 She's, no? she's a descendant. She's, she's oh, her she? great niece. Oh, okay. Or great great niece. I don't remember. Um, I thought I missed a step somewhere, and I just assumed that she was un- Zoe undead. Helsling. Yeah, Zoe Helsling. Okay, she dropped the van somewhere. Okay, well that happens. You know. Yeah. Do you notice the uh, number of her oncology ward room? No. What was it? 
uh, AD 072. Oh, nice. I said that I, I had hoped that it would actually be the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like the that show Life on Mars meets Dracula, kind of, you know. It's like <laughs> cop show set in the 70s in England. But <laughs> So Sister Agatha and Zoe Helsing are two different people. Yes. Oh, that's a bummer. But once she drinks dracula's blood to cure her cancer she pretty much becomes angela yeah she she gets the, the knowledge because like dracula she absorbs the <clears throat> people that have been drunk. yeah yeah which is a super interesting premise uh i think it was in Anne rice's books i don't remember that yeah. did she do that Emily, in her books I've not read them, but Emily said that's what happens uh, in, at the Anne Rice Vampire series. I read them so long ago, <clears throat> I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. I read the first one and didn't didn't read any others. Now, did you feel there was a, uh, other than the, the hookup apps that, that Dracula was using, did you feel like there was, was it pandering? Was it to, to say that he was um, pansexual or... You know, multi-sexual tastes. <clears throat> no, I mean he's Dracula. What would he? He's beyond all that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but it but it definitely seems to put some of that on him for the viewers to uh, contemplate. Um, is that is that important to the story at it's, all? Uh, well, you can <coughs> you can read Dracula and definitely imply it. Sure. Uh, yeah. The original novel. Yeah. Um, he's he's just as interested in the men as as the women okay yeah especially uh, jonathan harker yeah yeah that's why i didn't i mean this just comes right out and says did you have sex with dracula yeah right in the front i mean but yeah if you read the book that's in there i mean yeah but um i mean these writers you know worked on the the recent doctor who series and you know they're always uh putting forward agenda for acceptance of yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's uh, it's Dracula. I mean, his well, sexuality it, is such a minor thing compared to his yeah. murderous ways. Yeah, well, his uh, his appeal, his his charisma and his appeal and his sexual um, gravity or whatever you want to call it is uh, is present in a lot of different versions of of the Dracula story. Um, not the least of which the movie version of the vampire Lestat or interview with the vampire. Um, I, I was in, I was in a movie theater in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I think I was in college at the time or something. And, uh, well, I would have been cause that's why I was there. And, uh, I remember hearing one of these, one of these redneck voices out of the darkness. Cause there's a scene between Louis and Lestat. Yeah. And I hear this guy go, if those two kiss, I'm out of here. <laughs> and I'm thinking, it's pretty well implied that they do that and more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I like that they went that far. Yeah, in the movie. get over your homophobic self. They're, these yeah. guys are totally doing it. They live together. You know, it's not they're not roommates. They're confirmed bachelors. Yes, they are confirmed bachelors. They're roommates. <laughs> and then they got that eternal little- <laughs> roommates. Just cranking out hit songs in Timpan Alley. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And they got that little daughter that they made. That was 
that was interesting. But yeah, this is not a new idea, but I'm wondering, did they turn the dial up a little bit to satisfy modern audiences? Or do you think this is just part of the... I just think those those writers are into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I always wonder this stuff. Like, I wonder motives... You know, I wonder what are the motives when I watch things sometimes. And I was reading some reviews before I came over here, and that seemed to bother some people. Eh. Uh, one person, though, did say that they, they were completely turned off when Dracula killed the convent full of nuns. They felt that that was t- a step too far. Really? Was like, it's Dracula. What? I mean... His reactions may have been a little more reprehensible, where he's sitting in a chair going, ooh, that must have hurt. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty tame day for Dracula. Yeah. To command wolves to rip nuns apart? Yeah. That's like a Tuesday afternoon. It's pretty dull. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Read up on Vlad. Yeah. The actual Vlad. Yeah, the Impaler. Yes. Yes, the Impaler. Why did he get that name? Yeah. Oh, so um, so the first the first two you were you were on board with. It. I was totally on board with, and I wasn't. No, no, no. As soon as Dracula opened his mouth. You, oh, really? Didn't, I, I didn't like the first one. Was, uh, I, all the reviews I've read have been the other way around. It's like started out strong, got weak. Okay, I felt they're all pretty even quality, but the first one there's so many anachronistic quips in it, and mm, yeah. And the way he delivered, um, uh, uh, I never drink wine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's just something about it. I, I, my first thought was Frankenfurter doing the line about anticipation. Yes. <laughs> rather than Lugosi doing the line oh about God. drinking wine. Right. It, there were a couple too many beats in there. I yeah, noticed yeah, that it's too. It was just a bit too long. Um, and it was just a bit too camp. Um, to. It, it, I, mean, I don't mind a Camp Dracula. I've seen lots of those. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but this this drama kind of, it, uh, it was uneven. It was like all serious and grim and and the, the makeup was, you know, brilliant and gruesome yeah. and, and, you know, how things you, you'd imagine they would look. And uh, But then it has this like uh, anachronistic, campy yeah. uh, thing that just uh, spoiled it for me, especially on the first one. I could totally see that. Uh, the um, second one, I thought was a good balance. Uh, yeah, but you know, you know, like uh, where where he's sitting there, going like, uh, as you said, like, uh, oh, that's got to hurt. That's the that's a kind of gag you get in trailers for movies now. Yeah, right, right. Like especially kids' movie trailers where someone's always getting kicked in the nuts. And this is sort of throughout the whole movie or through the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. He's just being cheeky and adorable the whole time. There was, uh, I, I, I felt that a little bit on the first episode. There was something in the second episode that uh, was same sort of thing. I don't remember. He had some quippy line at the beginning that kind of took me out of it, mm. and I was able to get over it again. Yeah. So, yeah, I can totally agree with that. I just felt like they were both strong enough, and it was by the third one that it just felt like... Once they, they being the writers, uh, no longer had the book to really base things on, it seemed like they ran out of ideas. <laughs> and it got, once the lawyer showed up, which I, I liked, and it was a gag that I laughed at, but at the same time, it didn't fit with what they had set up, because they had made it kind of gory and creepy mm-hmm. and 
had leaned more towards horror, or at least I didn't notice the camp as much, you know. There were quips that I didn't care for, but they're in everything now, so... Yeah, <laughs> they just feel, felt more like <clears throat> trailer moments rather than mm-hmm. part of a gothic narrative. And I was laughing along with all the campy, quippy stuff the whole time. I couldn't help it because a, a lot of it was pretty funny and pretty clever. They could have dialed it down, I think. You know, well, They do love to show that they're clever. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> clever people love to show it off sometimes. Yeah, it just gets... Uh, I just find the, these writers annoying in that way. They've yeah. Done, they've, they've, they've done some like terrific episodes of Doctor Who and... And they uh, did. I thought they did a good job with Sherlock, but the same problem. Mm-hmm. It eventually got to a point where yeah. it was just silly and no longer. I found Sherlock because they they always came out in batches of three, didn't they? Uh huh. The first one, ooh, be strong. Yeah. And then by the third one, it's like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This is just people throwing quips at each other and showing how clever they are. And uh-uh. like, oh, did you see this twist coming? No, yeah. you didn't. Because you're really smart. And- yeah. <laughs> You thought because you read the book, but yeah. we changed it. Um, so, yeah, I, I much preferred Elementary. Mm. Anyway. You've mentioned that. I need to watch that show at some point. Uh, shall I read you some of Emily's observations? Yes, yes please. please. After yeah. the first one, she said, I said, what do you think of that? And she said, I've seen worse. Uh, <laughs> um, Put it on the box. Yeah. <laughs> Put the laurel leaves around uh-huh. it. The third one. Uh, stupid how can um, uh, Zoe Van Helsing uh, blood uh, one time he drinks her blood and he throws up yeah in great detail which she always dislikes seeing people throw up on the screen oh yeah but then he drinks her blood a second time it doesn't happen I know he's getting used to it also uh, how can people i.e. the zombies talk Without lips. Right, try, try saying blue for lady without using your lips. Yeah. I was sick of blue for lady. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the whole Lucy thing, thing you didn't yeah. care for? I didn't. Uh, yeah, we can go back to that, but other observations? Or was that it? Uh, first one, I, I found myself missing Keanu Reeves. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa, it's Dracula! Uh, I felt it looked good. It felt like there was this really committed, serious Dracula being filmed during the day and then like the original Spanish Dracula. Someone would come in at night and do this campy one on yeah. the same set. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, Where's the yeah, serious just, one? Just like Spanish. Man. Yeah, Spanish Dracula. Yeah, cheeky Dracula by night. Um they seem to change the law at, at will, which is fair enough because every adaptation does that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Again, in the novel, Dracula walks around in day. Uh huh. He doesn't explode like a Buffy vampire. No. Well, you know, we've added these things as it goes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Why did Lucy explode <clears throat> at the end? That made no sense. Mm-hmm. She got staked. Yeah, but why did they explode? Yeah, that's because Buffy. That's totally a Buffy, Buffy thing. The I mean, straight up Buffy move. Yeah. That was only because they didn't want to have to answer a question of what does a teenager do with all these bodies? Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah, that. Yeah, you can't leave a trail of bodies. Well, that, that was one of the shining... Uh, someone said there's like a shining reference 
in the third one. I think that was it where she comes up to him and goes, uh, kiss me, Jack. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, I guess that would that would make sense. Um, why, and I must have missed part of this, um, why did Dracula want her dead? Who? Lucy. He allowed that whole thing to happen, didn't he? Because he's evil. Oh, okay. I forget sometimes because he's so adorable. You know. He's so cute and clever. Uh, and also he felt that she she didn't care about life or death, which he kind of liked. And then he was like, well, let's see how she really feels. Yeah, that's true. We'll kill her and see see how she feels. Yeah, he's supposed to be afraid of. <clears throat> yeah, that was, the, that was the worst thing. And then they were naked in the sun. And I just said, fuck you. Mark Gaddis and yeah. Stephen Moffat. Yeah. I don't know if I'll watch any more of your things. Yeah. Unless it's an extraordinary League of Gentlemen reunion. <laughs> so uh was the the weakness of the third installment enough to just put you off of recommending it to anyone? I recommended it after episode two. Yeah, you're telling people, oh, man, this is no, great. No, <laughs> I didn't say it was great, but I said I was watching it and I was enjoying it. Yeah. And then this third episode came out, and now I feel like, oh, I should have held my tongue till <laughs> I watched it all. There's always a chance. I watched two-thirds of it, and I enjoyed it, and then it was just a big turd. <laughs> Don't pull any punches, Will. What do you really think? Um, yeah, this, this thing was... Uh, Falling apart for me for different reasons, I guess, for the third one. But uh, I didn't understand what um, what the uh, the Helsing character, the, no longer Van Helsing. I didn't understand what Zoe, uh, what her motivation really was, um, other than it being handed down to her. Yeah, she didn't have any motivation. Yeah, she wasn't a real character. She was just there, so Agatha would have a reason. To be in the present. Yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. And considering that I just thought I missed something, like, oh, how did she survive this long? Why is she not aged? She must have gotten some of that Dracula blood? What, what, what's um, Van Helsing in the Hammer movies? He's, he's a descendant, isn't he? Yeah. He just uh, happens to be a descendant who looks exactly the same as, 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 uh, as the 19th century Van Helsing. Uh-huh. They just have a different first name. Right. Because I think it was Abraham yeah, yeah, yeah. originally. Yeah. And then this, I don't remember his name is in Dracula 1972. Mm. Yeah. But it's something else. It's, right. You know, he, but he's a descendant. Yeah, yeah. There as well. And, you know, there's there's always families that maintain a pretty strong resemblance, you know, through the generations. You know, as long as they don't marry anybody to, you know... Wildly different looking, um, you know, to, to maybe change cheekbone or nose or something, shapes. But uh, yeah, some families you see a, such a strong genetic uh, thing being passed down that yeah, they could you could look at a great grandpa picture and a present day person and go yeah, they look a lot alike. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. I used to work in photo labs. I saw that crap all the time, and a lot of other stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, there aren't, there aren't photo labs anymore, are there? No, my cousin worked at a photo lab, has a couple of good 
collections of photos oh. he made copies of. Oh, he's like, oh, print an extra one. Uh-huh. Oh, There's man. a whole <clears throat> album he has of some guy who used to take pictures of people's mouths, like their teeth. I imagine he was a dentist, but they were like <laughs> just with a rinky-dink little, uh, you know, it's, Instamatic yeah. camera. Uh, and then you'd be like, what? What is this? We would imagine maybe they were at dinner parties, and he'd be like, let's get the camera out. <laughs> I want to take like, pictures of your mouth. Who is this weirdo? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, 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 a lot I, of drug pictures where people are standing in front of big marijuana crops. Or, oh, sure. You know, a lot of those sex pictures. Yeah. Know. Yeah, you would run into that once in a while. Yeah, yeah would, there I, weren't very many of those. But I was talking about this at work the other day, and, and somebody asked me the question, um, well, what was some of the crazier stuff you saw? And I was like, I couldn't think of anything that really stood out. Um, like somebody took some pictures of like models doing things that were just model things. Like you'd expect that, you know, there was, yeah. there was some, some homoerotic stuff. Some guy used to always do the same theme, the same kind of thing over and over. I mean, I don't know what, to what end, whether he was selling the stuff or just for his own artistic purposes, but it was art photography, but it was always the same. Oh my God. Do you want me to tell you what it was? It was was two guys in their tidy whities and one guy was reaching into the other one's underwear. Every damn photo, the same thing was happening. Wow. Every year we take 32 (laughs) photos of the same thing. (laughs) And then we just compare them, you know, every year and watch ourselves get older and older. Yep. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> Christmas cards. That's what those are. You're not Who's wrong. Who's for Christmas cards? That's, that's, I'm sure what it was. Yeah. He's like, these aren't of me. These are of two young male models, but uh, here's one reaching into the other one's drawers. Enjoy. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, no, I was thinking it was like a family photo, you know. You'd send oh. that out every year. Oh, okay, yeah. Even Here's better. me reaching into John's drawers. <laughs> Again? Every year. It's, it's no different. They don't change it up. They're just getting older. No different costumes. They're just getting older. Couldn't they wear a Santa hat or some <laughs> antlers or some shit? Well, that could be, you, know, you could have an art gallery where these are projected onto the walls in sequence over the course of 24 hours and you just have some Philip glass going or something. Yeah, yeah. That, would, that would work. We'd get older and older. Pants yeah. would get more and more waterproof. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, honestly, though, it was mostly weddings. Fucking weddings over and over with the weddings. You know, there was a, there was a Polish guy who would photograph a lot of the Polish weddings and there, there was a, a Middle Eastern guy who shot all the Middle Eastern weddings and um, it was it would always be like you're printing this roll of film and you're like, oh, here's the roll where they're going to get to the thing where they hoist the chair with the groom in it. Oh. Yep, he's up in the air. There he goes. He's laughing. His friends are smiling. And, and you were photoshopping in David Copperfield. <laughs> <laughs> David Copperfield's <laughs> wild tan staring face. <laughs> Just kind of pasted. Wild, right wild world of David Copperfield. Mondo I, film. I I do have to ask my friend about that. Do you have those albums? Could you send me just one picture? We'll blur everyone else yeah. out but him. I'll Photoshop it to whatever extent you want it Photoshopped. But um, 
Wow, I can't believe I talked about that because I instead of Dracula. Yeah, because that's way more interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Now I'm racking my brain trying to think of something, uh, something else that I had printed, but uh, no, there weren't too many things. It's all just pets and weddings. And Any pet weddings? <laughs> you know, you got to give the dogs a choice whether or not they marry a cat. Yeah, yeah. You can't just put tuxedos and dresses on them and pronounce them, you know. No, I think you have to have an actual title or some sort of officialness yeah. to it. Well, I am an ordained minister. Okay. Yeah. You guys know that, right? I do now. Yeah, the um, the uh, certificate of ordination is over there. That's a television. No, it's underneath the television. I haven't hung it up yet. <laughs> See, I'm dead serious. It's... There's a Lebowski-based religion called Dudism. Okay. You go to dudism.org. It's about three or four mouse clicks, and you're a minister. Okay. Now, you could pay whatever the money was to get the actual certificate sent to you. Uh-huh. Or you could print it out of your printer. And I thought, well, you know what? Let's get the one with all the gold and shit on it. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you guys need any exorcisms or weddings done, um, yeah, I'm ordained. All right. I don't have to look for a boat captain. No, no. But yeah, boat captain can do the job. I'm a minister. That's I can not do actually job. true. I mean, we could actually get you both. Boat or... captain can do an exorcism like no one's oh, business. Oh, exorcism is fine. Yeah, but and get you married. <laughs> you know, we could get you both ordained live. I mean, the computer's on. We could ordain you both live on, on That's the not show. Right. No, you don't want to be no, a minister? No, no affiliated you, religions. You don't want to be the Reverend Will? No. Okay. So... Um, back to the back to drag. Back, back to drag. To drag. Um, Jolien, what really worked the best for you as uh, far as this whole thing as a package, as a three part, as a three part thing? Yeah. Um, looks good. Good casts. Yeah. Um, the actors can't help what was written for them. No. Um, I mean. Dracula is, uh, there'd be more films based on Dracula than any other literary character. Wow. Wow. So you're going to get the widest range of quality. Sure. So, yeah, this isn't the, isn't a great Dracula, but Dracula, not the worst. But, oh, far from it. No. Right. So you've got everything from Rob Zombie's Dracula. <laughs> no, wait, he hasn't done that yet. That'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Rob Zombie's Dracula. His white trash swearing Dracula. <laughs> I would love that so much. Bill yeah. Mosley is Dracula. Oh, man. Uh, no, I think Nicolas Cage needs to play Dracula. Um, yeah, because we got In a, a little, Rob Zombie. We got a glimpse Dracula. of it. Dracula. Yeah, we got a glimpse of it. I, uh, I like the Van Helsings in this one. That was a fun character. Yes. Quite unpredictable. And very clever dialogue mm-hmm. in the beginning. She is not to be messed with. Yeah. That, that woman is awesome. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, but as far as like the, the arc of the story, I mean, did after a certain point, you just stopped caring, right? Yeah, I, I didn't care about anyone really. Um, uh, it wasn't, there wasn't a consistent tone to it. Um, I don't know what the stakes were. To make a horrible pun, but um, <laughs> um, it, it was just it just felt like 
clever people messing around with the mythology. But um, not doing anything not, with it. Not to any great end. Yeah. Um, it was enjoyable enough. I won't be watching it again. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably give it another look, to be honest. You know, because that way I could realize that there wasn't something I missed. So I could just be like, <laughs> okay, so it's a different person. Just, just watch the Hammer series. Enjoy just, it. Yeah. Just happened to look identical. Yeah. So, I like uh, Dracula. He was, yeah. you know, evil, at yeah. least. He wasn't mopey. And, and he had to take on different personalities at different points because yeah. of who he drunk. Yeah, yeah so that's true, he, too. He did a good job of that. Yeah. Yeah. Once he got to be young and handsome and have the English accent, then uh, he was more relatable to Jonathan Harker. And just, just once I want Dracula to have the mustache that he has in the book. Yeah. <laughs> he has a big handlebar mustache. Yeah. When he first, when Harker first shows up in Transylvania, mm-hmm. I don't know that it stays. I don't know that it's described again, but I remember he has a big, long, woolly... Yeah, and he's quite white-haired, isn't he? White-haired yeah. mustache, yeah. A couple more years, George Clooney could play him. Because he's still kind of salt and pepper. Ah. So, you know. <laughs> I, could, I could just imagine that. George. Who who would be your ideal Dracula, Who somebody who's not played him yet? Now, we can't say Nicolas Cage because he has played a vampire mm. or a person mm. who thinks he's a vampire. Yeah. Um... Um, I've got one in mind. Okay. You guys go Ooh. first. Who? You want me to tell you? Yeah. Christopher Walken. Okay. I think that would work. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's there's always that, that kind of off the deep end thing you want. The Rock. The, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is Dracula. <laughs> I could get behind that completely. Yeah. yeah. But I want it totally serious. Yeah. I want him to play it completely straight. Yeah. Yeah. And and same with walking. I don't care how you deliver your dialogue. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, Tom, what, what's his name who plays Loki? Oh. Because uh, I was... Riddleson? Uh, Hiddle- Hiddleton. Hiddleton. No. Hiddleton. Yeah. Thomas Hiddleton. Middleditch. Uh, <laughs> Middleditch. Yeah. He's, he's some kind of Hobbit name, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, because I think he'd make a he'd make a really authentic James Bond, like more like the as he's shown in the novels. Okay, uh, but he'd he'd probably be a good Dracula. Yeah, yeah, I think we could. What kind of goofy accent would Tom Hardy come up with for Dracula? Oh, great question. <laughs> yeah, Tom... it's an authentic Transylvania accent, and you're like, no, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> That's great. I decided he was England's answer to Nicolas Cage because he chooses scenery and everything. He's glorious. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy watching him. I really do. And he does. Like, no matter what it is, it's it's supposed to be a serious scene. And he's just chewing the scenery and stomping. And just, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> Acting. Because yeah. <laughs> they brought him back for the fifth season of the Peaky Blinders. And he just. He's only in one scene, but just it's the best the whole one, time. Yeah. That's great. The best scene. You're like, yeah, he's just, he's really into it. He gives it at us all for a movie. <laughs> so I guess rather than ask the usual question, do you recommend it? Can you recommend it to a, mm. to a horror fan? Let's not even talk about, like, I think regular folks could get behind this because they're not expecting maybe different things from horror. 
uh, like some people will be like, oh, I'll stick my toe in the water again and watch something that's horror. And then they'll enjoy this because it's clever and it's funny in places and they'll be able to suffer the gore that's in it. But as far as horror fans go, can you recommend it? Mm, no. Not really? No. Can you tell somebody with a caveat that, hey, it's going to maybe fall off for you like it did for me, but you might really enjoy the ride most of the way? Mm, possibly. Because I kind of think that's where I'm at with it. Is like I enjoyed most of it. Yeah. I mean, I did enjoy most of it. But they were... They, but, were, they were reaching so much in different places on the third episode. Yeah. And you know there's another season or whatever you want to call it. I hope Is not. It? Well, there's got to be, right? I really, really hope not. If it does well, are they going to let it be? Mm. No, but... <laughs> That's usually how it goes, right? Oh, there's <laughs> Please m- don't. Oh, there's money in this thing, is they there? They could do mm, a Frankenstein okay. I cannot watch. There, there you go. <laughs> you could come over here and watch it. Somebody's somebody's post, somebody's uh, review for this Dracula was pretty much saying no more Draculas. Oh, God, really? They're like, can we just lay off the Draculas for a while? No more Dracula adaptations? Mm, it's, so, got, it's got some zombies it's in it. It's real close to <laughs> no more Draculas. Oh, wow. But yeah, they could do a Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah, use all the same the actors. first two episodes would be pretty good, and then the third one would be terrible. Do what American and, Horror and Story does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Frankenstein meets Jesse James. Yeah, that would be great. The guy from the motorcycle chop shop, though. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, Julian, can you recommend this to a horror fan? Uh, I wouldn't recommend it, no. Oh. Uh, it doesn't really add anything I haven't seen before. But then, you know, yeah. as a horror fan, you know, I'd, I'd check it out because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the biggest Dracula to come down the pipeline in, in recent months. In recent months, yeah. This is the I biggest would, Dracula in six months. Yeah. Just watch a couple Hammer Draculas yeah, and I, be I, done with I, it. I, 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 I'm not going to watch this again, but I, I, I'm quite happy to, you know, I just watched the Dracula Hammer series. Yeah, over Halloween, you know, yeah. And I watched a couple of them. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I'll watch them again. But, exactly. Uh, why, why bother watching this again? No, I don't think I'll watch this again. I, I would probably just... You know, tell tell somebody with that caveat that, you know, you might not feel as good about the third one as you do the first two. I would tell people who are horror fans or people who especially like vampires to just go ahead and give it a shot. Make up your own mind about it. But uh, just be warned, you may not super enjoy what some of the choices are by the writers who... Uh, you know, I hope they don't sprain their arm patting their own back with, how, you know, how clever they are. Yeah. But... The cleverness was so funny that I couldn't, I couldn't I, hate it. I'd, I'd watch that Van Helsing character if, if they could come up with a good uh, continuation with her. A good premise for her to have her own show. Yeah. Yeah. She was great. And I kind of want to see what else she's in so I can see if Dolly Wells is, uh, is good at other stuff. So, yeah. Uh, well, with that, um, Jolien, do you have any... Uh, any word on whether the lighthouse is available for you to get from the library? Uh, or no, it's still on hold. Okay, because I think maybe sometime in the next couple of days I might pick up a, a disc of it just mm. just because, and then maybe circulate it through us. And you guys want to do the lighthouse next time? Yeah, if we can get a copy. Yeah, I don't see why yeah. we couldn't. Um, and we're about we're less than a month away from Doctor Sleep coming out on uh, 
right. media. Uh, Underwater just came out theatrically this weekend. Which one's that? A uh, bunch of people in a, a ocean bottom base being attacked by some kind of oh yeah yeah benthic creatures. Yeah, so all of that stuff. It's a remake of Deep Six. Yeah. <laughs> Deep Six Underground. Deep Six Underground, yeah. Yeah, so it's the same thing from Six Underground, except for it's under the ocean. There was yeah. Deep Six. Mini submarines uh, speeding the around. The Abyss. Yep. There was another one. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there like three that came out Le- all Leviathan. Right. Yes, yeah. Leviathan. They were all months it. apart, right? They yeah. all came out like yeah. so close together. That's yeah. it. It's a remake of Leviathan. It's Event Horizon underwater. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Something like that. No, pitch. Event Horizon is just abyss in space. That's true. <laughs> Let's be clear, right? <laughs> I like that. That's that's so true. Well, let's uh, let's hope that it is going to be The Lighthouse and that maybe it is, considering it's Robert Eggers and he did such a good job on The Witch, Um Hopefully it'll be more than just kind of eerie and weird. Maybe it will have some horror aspects to it that we could say, yeah, that's a horror movie. We talk about it. Yeah. I mean, if we get duped, it's okay. You know, <laughs> we, we talked about a, we talked about Dracula. We talked about a teenage musical with, you know, zombies and candy cane stabbings in it. So hey, that was a good one. That, that was, was fun. actually a good movie. That was fun. I asked Jim today cause, uh, listeners who don't know that, uh, uh, Jim is Ziggy's dad. We're friends, and uh, Jim and Diane are the folks. Uh, Jim works for us at the shop now. He's been there a week or two now, and uh, he used to print back when in the garage days when we were printing screen printing in the garage. And uh, he he's our shipping manager now. So um, I asked him. I said, "Is Ziggy still playing the, the soundtrack in the car?" And he said, "She's tapered off a little with it." You know, a little. She's still playing one of the songs, probably a little more frequently, but uh, the soldier one, whatever that mm. one was called. Yeah, we're talking Anna and the Apocalypse. Yes, for listeners, I did kind of bury the lead on that, but yeah, Anna and the Apocalypse. But uh, yeah, it's got some legs, man. The young people are going back to it. <laughs> I'm not. I think I think once a year will be good for oh, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. From here on out, we should only refer to it as A A T A. Uh, yes. At. <laughs> <laughs> And N-O-T-L-D, you can, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you can abbreviate movies. That's that's what horror people do, right? All right, should we call it a show and uh, hope that we get to do The Lighthouse next time and then sure. about a month from now, Dr. Sleep? All right, and uh, I'll try and watch uh, that uh, zombie movie you recommended. From oh, One Shadow. Cut of the Dead. Yeah. Yes, yeah. please, watch One Cut of the Dead. You know what? I need to talk to someone about it. Yeah. yeah, okay. And I can't because I'll week. spoil it. <laughs> how about how about if we have that as our backup plan? Okay, if we can't get the lighthouse. Yeah. All right. All right. Or maybe we could put it's on Shutter. Yeah, it's on Shutter, and uh, we all have that. It's only maybe ninety minutes long. Yeah, it's in, it's inside the Barnes limit. That's what we I need. believe so. Yeah, and if not, well, you know, maybe maybe it's worth the extra few minutes. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's get out of here and. Uh, it's a uh, it's a new year, and uh, we're going to be trucking toward uh, Women in Horror Month pretty soon, and mm. I think that's February, isn't it? Well, yeah, uh, you should watch uh, Atlantic then. There we go. All right. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, listeners, thank you for listening. Time bananas. <laughs>